The United Methodist People Podcast with Rev. Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 23, Be Encouraged by Bishop Julius Trimble as he speaks to pastoral care and revival in the church in the midst of a pandemic. I've been encouraging on a daily basis for our churches, our pastors, and lay leaders to make sure that social distance does not uh, uh, turn into social isolation. Welcome to the United Methodist People Podcast with Rev. Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to accomplishing the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And now, here's Brad. We're in the middle of a series of encouraging words from Bishop Julius Trumbull, who is speaking to us on a weekly basis in the Indiana area of United Methodist Church, as well as across the world. An encouraging word. I invite you to connect up to us at unitedmethodistpodcast.com, on iTunes at United Methodist Podcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast. We, uh, you can always email your questions in for the bishop to respond to by contacting his director of communications, Serena.acker at inumc.org or myself, brad.meller at brad.meller at inumc.org. And we'll look for the bishop to respond to your questions. In this episode of the podcast, the bishop speaks to the matters of pastoral care in the church, particularly as impact some of our United Methodist members and residents of our of our assisted living facilities who've been impacted by the disease. He talks about general conference, the impact of delaying general conference upon matters of the church and upon annual conference. And he talks about the financial picture in the church, both general church and local church wise. And he goes on to share about how he still expects revival in the church, uh, even in the midst of this uh, terrible pandemic. You're going to love and be encouraged by this episode of the United Methodist People podcast. Let's get into our conversation with Bishop Julius Trimble right now. Bishop, good morning and welcome to the podcast today. Good morning, Brother Brad. How are you? Well, I am uh, very well and very well, and yet uh, we live in times when not everyone is doing quite as well as they might have hoped. And we are here because of sharing together because of this crazy coronavirus, which has impacted everything in the life of the church. When we talk about churches, we're talking about people, right? We're talking about how this impacts people. And I wanted to ask you, first of all, about uh, some of the people uh, who've been impacted by this. I know that word is starting to go around about how some folks in our churches are being impacted directly by the virus. I know that our, at our, just for me personally, at our Otterbein Senior Life Community in Franklin, we've got about 10 or so folks who have been uh, diagnosed with the virus and several of them taken to the hospital. My uh, mother is a resident there, so this is very personal for me. I know some people personally have been impacted in the healthcare community. So this is a matter of pastoral care and concern. So I guess I just want to ask you, first of all, Bishop, how do we start to care for the spiritual needs of people who are, who are in our life, in our churches, in our world? How can we do that in this context we're in right now, this, uh, this, this, this season of anxiety? Speak to us about that. Well, I think something should not change for the church, and one of them is that we put people first 
uh, before programs and for, before projects. Uh, and uh, by putting people first, obviously we, we wanna stay connected. While we've been ordered to, to uh, socially distance ourselves, uh, I've been encouraging on a daily basis for our churches, our pastors and lay leaders to make sure that social distancing does not uh, uh, turn into social isolation. So my prayers go out to uh, uh, Arbine and, and those persons who are in assisted, assisted living, to persons who could easily become isolated because we don't have our normal avenues of visitation. So I give thanks for the first line uh, responders, the healthcare workers, I'm a, I'm a father of a nurse, um, all of our families, by the time we get through this coronavirus, I think all of us will have some stories of people we know or people we are related to that have been impacted by or directly uh, come ill as a result of this uh, coronavirus. So for our priority to be people, we have to make an intentional effort to make sure we stay connected in the various ways that we can. Yeah. What are some, perhaps some uh, biblical uh, directives or some stories of encouragement or what are some ways we might do that in a uh, personal manner? You mentioned how we need to do it. What are some ways that are encouraging you to help be encouraging to others? I think uh, love notes where we can actually send notes to folks uh, with, with biblical uh, uh, passages, uh, particularly the Psalms. Uh, I think music is a way in which we can communicate with folks. Uh, a number of people are, have found ways uh, through uh, live streaming, uh, uh, worship online, um, phone trees. I, I just was talking to uh, a pastor relative to dividing up uh, a list amongst the leaders so that everyone receives a direct call and a direct prayer uh, over the phone. Uh, so there are numerous ways if we if we uh, refuse to excuse ourselves from the responsibility of bringing hope to people. We are still the first line of the harbingers of hope. Uh, and uh, I, I give thanks to God that we have not neglected that responsibility. Yes. People first and foremost and imparting Jesus into their lives is what we can be encouragers and pastoral care and provide pastoral care in all these ways is so important. You were part of an organizational structure that uh, has been impacted by this and our local annual conference in Indiana, certainly by general conference and general conference has been postponed. And of course, we all know that there was a lot on the table at this general conference. Just, just speak for a minute, uh, Bishop, about the implications of postponing general conference and what are the impact that's going to make for us as a as United Methodist? The general conference, which was scheduled for, for May of, of this year, has been postponed to 2021. We don't know exactly the dates in 2021, but we know it won't be this year. And that has an impact because we were anticipating some resolution around our, our longstanding division over uh, uh, inclusion of LGBTQ persons, both uh, access to ordination and also permission or, or prohibition as it currently stands of our pastors performing same gender weddings. So we thought that would be finally re resolved. There was a protocol of uh, separation uh, uh, that was uh, 
approved by a number of leaders in the church. And we thought that might provide an opportunity for people who felt that they, we couldn't stay united to have an, uh, an avenue to be church or be Methodist in other venues. So right now we're still together as the United Methodist Church. I think this will put a responsibility on us uh, to continue a conversation. We can't wait till next year to determine how we will live together in, in some, some harmony. So it is likely that our annual conference also may be postponed. We won't postpone it to 2021. We may have to push it back a month or so because it's in, we anticipated it, we had planned for it to be early in June. And if this uh, coronavirus uh, um, spikes in terms of the state of Indiana, for example, the cases, we may need to wait a while before we have large gatherings. Even if there is a, a, a relief of the stay at home order, uh, there may still be some prohibition for large gatherings. Uh, universities still have not made decisions about when school will return. So the general conference has impact on a number of things. Uh, the budget for the United Methodist Church, um, the resolution around human sexuality, uh, and some of our global mission Im impact, because this is a global pandemic. So I've been receiving emails, uh, Brad, from Africa and other places around how the coronavirus um, has been impacting other countries and their desire to have access to uh, PPEs and all of these kinds of protective uh, gear and that we, 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 are, we are looking for here as well. Just a lot on the table, a lot to consider, a lot of just basically everything's just been thrown upside down. Everything's just in a total upheaval. And so now we have to sort it out and find out how to do everything. You know, we're trying to figure that out in government, trying to figure that out in our, our uh, economic system, our governmental systems, and certainly in the church world. And one of the things you mentioned there was how this is impacting uh, budgets. There is a proposed huge uh, decrease in reduction of the budget by $80 million dollars. That's in the general church level. Then, of course, local churches are having to find ways to figure out their financing. And, and so the financial picture is, I, and I certainly believe as we go further and further along in this process, it's going to be more and more of a concern. Uh, what's your thoughts about uh, how we deal with this uh, financial uh, fear that we have and face it with faith? I think the financial fear as well as the health pandemic itself is, call, is calling, causing people to experience some discomfort of, of sense of being off balance, if you will. And uh, as uh, David Kessler, uh, who was interviewed by the Harvard Business Review writes, uh, that this is really an experience of grief. Uh, people are experiencing grief because they, they don't know exactly what the future holds. Uh, they, they don't know how stable their, their retirement might be, or they don't know, uh, how stable their even their faith community might be. So one of I think one of our, our our tools should be acceptance of how we really how we're feeling about this. So the grief that we experience, the imbalance, the the anxiety, the 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 tension, we need to acknowledge that and then take control over those things that we can take control over. Uh, for example, uh, we can stay connected to our family members. We can try to help do our part to reduce the impact of the coronavirus, the stay at home order, if you will, 
um, we can continue to give and support our churches as best we can if our, in, if our income has not been interrupted. And then we can, uh, we can communicate if we are facing a personal financial challenges and find resources to help the people who are most in need. Uh, the, you know, the, the president just recently signed a, a economic uh, stimulus uh, that's supposed to put money in the hands of American small business and so forth. Uh, so we're hoping that that's going to be an, have have some uh, be some help for those persons who are in most uh, in dire need. Uh, but all of us are having to adjust uh, as a result of this uh, health global health pandemic. But I think we also need to hold on to those things that can keep us strong. For example, our spiritual disciplines of prayer uh, and our capacity to actually care for one another in creative ways. I think uh, this is also where we just need to be uh, very mindful and very uh, acute and uh, astute to what is going on in the world and in our own personal situations. I think sometimes we can allow ourselves to be so overwhelmed by it that we just kind of throw up our hands and give up. But we need to be more mindful than ever about our personal finances, about our church financial pictures, about where we spend, where we do everything. And, you know, if we need to check out what's going on with our pensions or with our budgets and all that kind of stuff, we need to find that out. And there's tools and resources to do that. And that's one, some of the stuff that we, we, we can do. I think one of the things that because of play is the Wesleyan's thing about using our reason as well as scripture and experience uh, to come into play here. Let's talk about how we can be do church smart. How can we do church differently? There's no doubt we're going to be changed, mm -hmm. but how can we do church differently moving forward in such a way that still is impactful? Well, uh, we know that the church is of God and will be preserved to the end of time, but how we do church, I think has always uh, changed over the course of time. We've always had to adapt, and he, right now in this present moment, we have to find ways to do church uh, differently. We often hear people say we ought to think big, dream big, but I think this is a time, Brad, we ought to be thinking small as well. What does it mean for us to, uh, to do church with two or three people? How do, we, how do we think about church not just as the gathered community on Sunday, but the connected community Monday through Saturday? Uh, so finding ways to connect in small groups uh, using technology. And I don't think this stay-at-home order is going to last forever. So once this stay-at-home order is over, how do we connect in different and new ways? For example, people, if we, we have a stay-at-home order, how does that impact the homeless? If you're homeless, how, how can you yes. be forced to stay at home? So how can we care for those persons who are marginalized, those persons who are in food deserts, uh, several people are having Palm Sunday. They're going to have people drive by and pick up their palms uh, um, and hand them out as the people drive by to pick up their palms for Palm Sunday uh, coming up. So how do we do church and think smaller, not just mega and bigger? Uh, how do we do church where we are not just solely uh, uh, insulated in our denominational lines? We've mm -hmm. been talking about ecumenical interfaith uh, religion for decades, maybe this will be an, a season in which we really begin to say, uh, we speak to our neighbors on how we can do things together. 
you know, just uh, you talk about going smaller in one of the, uh, in terms of the, how we reset things, I think that gives a really good word, reset or reframe how we do everything. But part of it is also how we reset and reframe our own, our own lives, our own spiritual walk with Jesus and that type of thing. And how that has, has its own set of challenges as well. We may have, in some cases, more time than we've had before to do some things, but we also have more uh, on our mind, uh, more pressures. Tell us a little bit about your own personal spiritual disciplines and some of the ways that you self-care for yourself spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. Well, I, I uh, like to walk and listen to music. Uh, yesterday, I was able to do that. Uh, uh, but normal on normal uh, normal time, I like to play table tennis, ping pong, uh, and uh, I like to read a lot. But uh, I utilize it, and I do this in community with our extended cabinet and others. Many of the folks at the conference center, we all use the the disciplines, uh, daily disciplines from printed by the upper room, and it's a daily reading of scripture and prayer. Uh, it follows the lectionary text. Uh, and it's been very timely uh, in these in, since the coronavirus. Uh, it's amazing how God can place in your life uh, the very affirmation that you need for that season. Scripture reading, prayer. Uh, I, I still like to write hand, uh, hand notes. Uh, I write uh, hand notes and I receive notes uh, and, and letters uh, of encouragement. And for me, uh, any way that I can be an encouragement to others uh, is part of my own spiritual discipline. And the reason for that, Brad, is that historically I've been encouraged uh, from, the, from the time even prior to me answering the call to ministry from my first opportunity to go to Methodist camp. So um, I think spiritual disciplines are very essential, but also physical and emotional health is important at this time as well. Yes, yes, and that's a that's an awesome thing to share there, uh, Bishop. In terms of how we care for ourselves, makes a difference. And you mentioned how that you have been encouraged, mm -hmm. and it's important. You know, you you take a stand to be an encourager of others, and that's appreciated so much. But I'm interested in some of the ways that you've been encouraged, maybe specifically, or some good news stories from the signs of hope that you see out in the church or out in the world or in your encounters in anything in life? Well, how have you, how have you been encouraged? I've been encouraged uh, many often by children who seem to uh, be a lot more hopeful and, and optimistic than, than we who are adults. And, and in, my, in my case, an older adult, uh, I, I'm, I'm encouraged as a grandfather now by a, a granddaughter who's not quite two years old. Who, uh, who seems to be able to smile and laugh and uh, do that as a gift to others and is unapologetic about saying hi to everybody. We often talk, in a, we often talk about uh, reaching, seeing all the people. I'm encouraged uh, because I've been seen by others uh, and affirmed by others consistently. I'm encouraged when I see the creativity of some of our churches uh, I think last week some churches actually did drive-in services where they had these uh, 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 radio connections. Uh, other churches are doing uh, YouTube recordings. Um, churches are still finding ways to feed the hungry. 
uh, and to make a commitment to stay in touch with the with elders. So I'm encouraged by the signs I see that the church is still alive. Um, and I fully expect there to be a revival and a resurgence of support for the church when this is over. Uh, yeah. I don't anticipate we may ne necessarily be the same, but I do anticipate that we will still see signs of encouragement all around us. Just yesterday, they, well, two days ago, I was encouraged. I heard all of these horns and cars are passing in our neighborhood. And it was it was the school teachers from the local elementary school who had organized online a, a little uh, ad hoc parade and the children were out on the corners as the school teachers and administrators drove past uh, in their cars uh, to, I guess, to encourage the students that even though they were out of school, that they were still loved. So mm -hmm. sometimes if we pay attention, I think God, we often think of these, well, these aren't necessarily spiritual signs, but I think God is, is, is evident in all kinds of ways. And sometimes we're just not paying attention. And I know I've been guilty of that, not always paying attention to ways in which God is showing signs, Brad, of encouragement. Yeah. And sometimes God seems to take some pretty dramatic ways to get our attention. You know, I think most of us in ministry have been around some folks who have had some bad health uh, assessment or a broken marriage or, you know, a bankruptcy or something bad has happened to them. And they've said, okay, this is my turning point. This is what I've needed to happen to me in order to turn things around. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but at least this has given us an opportunity to recalibrate and to re reconnect with God personally and with our churches and with our folks in some meaningful ways uh, as well, differently, as you say, reset revival. And that's a key thing for, for today. Well, I just want to give you the last couple of minutes of our time together here, Bishop, just to say whatever you want to, or maybe to uh, a devotional thought or a prayer or whatever you'd like to share with the words of encouragement to the folks who are, are listening to us on the United Methodist People podcast today. Well, we've been told to wash our hands thoroughly. And I'd like to say that we need to certainly uh, ask God to clean our hearts. Uh, as the psalmist said, give me a clean heart and, and give me a right spirit, O oh God. And so even as we are washing our hands thoroughly, as the, as the uh, uh, medical experts suggest as one way to uh, uh, stave off infection, uh, I think we ought to make sure that we ask the Holy Spirit to wash over our, our spirit, uh, to, to wash over us in, even in moments of anxiety. And to pray that God will give us the courage uh, to accept those things that maybe we can't change, but uh, the courage to uh, actually do the things that we can do. Uh, we don't need to apologize for our feeling a little bit of angst or anxiety or grief. Uh, but I think we can accept that there are some things that we actually can do. And encouraging one another in the word of God uh, and on the way of God uh, is certainly timely for this moment. And I want to say to those who are listening to this podcast, God loves you whether you are in church or out of church and whether you belong to a local congregation or not. God's love is present for you in this very moment. And we will get through this uh, global health pandemic and I pray that there will be new friendships that are on the other side of this journey. 
Well, thank you for that uh, thought, uh, Bishop. Uh, what a way to be encouraged. And would you just close our time together with a word of prayer? Would you mind? Most certainly. Oh, loving God, we just ask that you bless those who are homeless right now. Oh, God, that we not forget those who are in food deserts and that we find ways to care for those persons who are often overlooked or overshadowed or counted out or discounted. Oh, God, we ask that we pray bless and that you would bless and bring healing and comfort to those who are in Otterbein Senior Living and other persons, Lord, who are in assisted living, separated from family members who are prohibited from visiting as they normally could, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you would bless us to be the church on the move and that we would think in small ways as well as big ways. Oh God, we know that, uh, that you will provide us everything necessary for us to be faithful to you. And so we pray that we will share the love of Jesus Christ in a hurting and hungry world this day, tomorrow, and the days that will follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our guest today, the United Methodist People podcast, was an encouraging word from Bishop Julius Trump. Be encouraged by Bishop Julius Tremble. This is the second in a series of what we anticipate will be a series of weekly episodes of the United Methodist People podcast called Be Encouraged with Bishop Tremble. Uh, every Tuesday, we should have a new uh, episode published, published for you with an encouraging word from Bishop Tremble. And today, of course, his encouraging words were about how this whole social uh, distancing thing does not mean we have to be socially isolated. It's important that we are in pastoral care to one to another in our churches, and we can do so in many ways. And he talked about the encouraging ministry of writing notes. So I want to encourage you to write a note to the bishop yourself, if you can. And he talked about putting people first. I hope you heard that. That is such that is the essence of what it means to be a church and how he believes in the end, revival will come to the church. And that's an encouraging word. You can connect up to United Methodist People Podcast at unitedmethodistpodcast.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast and on iTunes you can search United Methodist Podcast as well. If you have a question for the bishop, you can send those in to his Director of Communications, Serena Acker. That's serena.acker at inumc.org or myself, Brad Miller, brad.miller at I-N-U-N-C dot org. Glad to have you with us today on the United Methodist People podcast, where we are all about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to achieve our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Until next time, friends, I leave you with the good words from John Wesley. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, as long as ever you can. Thanks so much for listening to the United Methodist People Podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. You can continue the conversation and commentary about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to accomplish our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Visit the United Methodist People podcast on the web at unitedmethodistpodcast.com 
and connect at facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast. And always do all the good you can.